Welcome to Kyle and Dave vs. The Machine. My name is Kyle. I'm just disappointed. I'm just upset. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm the machine. You know, this is a podcast where a sentient machine is forcing us each season to watch movies from a specific year in order to prevent it from starting the apocalypse. Is it a movie? <laughs> I think it fulfills the dictionary uh, definition right. of filmed entertainment. This film is a strong word. Film. We can call it videoed. <laughs> <laughs> this was recorded visually recorded point. yeah the, the machine you know still threatens our lives if we don't review the films it asks us to although we do tend to talk about the ideas of the movie rather than the movie itself and today we're going to be watching the film or movie or recorded entertainment the meg <laughs> entertainment is also strong is bigger than we ever thought possible. How big is that thing? It was the largest shark that ever existed. A living fossil. Thought to have been extinct for over two million years. Wrong. Megalodon. He's kidding, right? Dave, I want to ask you this question because I, you know, this is the first time I'm going to be watching this movie. I've never seen this movie before. Yeah, mm -hmm. When this was being promoted, there seemed to be this idea that people would know what the Meg was a reference to am i just the dumb one and did i just miss this somewhere along the line like this is, is this a shark week reference that everyone just knows what a meg is no i mean okay. my wife was asking a quick note she left the room last night because she felt it was making her dumber not because it was gross or scary or violent which no. is usually I mean, the trigger, scary but she literally got up and she's like i can't do this because i feel like i'm getting dumber yeah I mean, she's not wrong. <laughs> uh, um, well, I think the Megalodon is not a famous dinosaur. I think there's a presumption that people give a shit and we shouldn't. And I think the interesting mm -hmm. thing about some of these prehistoric animals that look exactly the same as their descendants, I almost said predecessor, wow, as their descendants, is that people, you know, it's not exciting. It's like, oh, it's a really big shark who gives a shit. Whereas a dinosaur is like, I've never seen that before. And look at the size of its weird teeth and why are its arms so short. Uh, but right. this is just a giant, giant dinosaur. I have heard of a megalodon before, but I don't know why. I, I used to like dinosaurs a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not that I've not heard of a megalodon before. It's the shortened version that's just throwing oh, me for that a we're loop. we're supposed to know the meg that is we're a megalodon. Like, the meg is in reference to a megalodon. Anyways, yeah. it doesn't really matter. It's garbage, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. We shouldn't be talking about it. I just realized that I was recording from the wrong microphone, so I switched <laughs> that now, and we're, we're good. And I'll take the Zoom recording for the first few minutes. Good luck just with that to, in post. Yeah. yeah. It'll be an exercise in how good your post-process editing is yeah. if you can make it sound exactly like this a is professional why. microphone. I'm so like obsessed with continually checking back and forth between GarageBand and this window this just to make sure before. things are working properly. Um, we are talking about the Meg, but Dave, people don't just come to this program to <laughs> listen to us, you know, debate about ancient creatures. Yes. They yeah. also want to know about our deep and rich fiction that we provide to them each and every week. You know, that we there's actually a storyline that goes through mm -hmm. each and one of these episodes. So you compelling have one. to go back mm -hmm. to episode one to really know what's going on deep with us rich. here. Dave, we have had quite, quite an adventure here this year about yeah. getting back Reality. to our real time, being stalked by a weird woman being Ooh. thrown into like a weird virtual reality it's of some only kind. july i know so and, much uh, now i don't know if you have you noticed that i think i think we're being stalked again do you feel it do you feel the the hairs on the back of your neck rising just, up like are we doing something wrong do we do we not shower enough are we attracting Maybe. predators there's also that weird thing that i'm just walking uh on the street sometimes and all i hear in the background is <gasps> Ew, that's yeah. It's a Jason, get, it's a Jason. Yeah, noise you should from. get you should get yourself checked out. <laughs> there's there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, mostly mm -hmm. probably ear earwax. Can I tell you? 
I don't know if you know this or not, but I actually suffer from an earwax uh, problem. Earwax blockage in my ears uh. occasionally because, uh, as my sense. doctor has told uh -huh. me, I have narrow ear canals. <laughs> Emerson has a similar problem. Mm -hmm. uh, mine is like a wide mouth tube <laughs> directly to my eardrum. That's why like, I can't sleep. Come on through, I hear, boys. Yeah, I hear just like, everything. Yeah, for me, it just things get blocked in there uh, easier than other people. And I've been told that I should put nothing smaller than my elbow into my ear. <laughs> Is Although, what I've been told. white people have wet wax, which I think is gross. What Korean people have dry wax. Oh. Did you know that? It's like a I flake. Know what, I don't know what this means. Yeah. It's like flaky earwax. Yeah. It's not wax. Yeah. All of this has been disgusting to listen to. Hey, by the way, I, I, I've only read the headline. I have no idea what this even means. Yeah. But uh, you're now uh, officially a year younger. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that true? So, Korea is dumb. And uh, people don't like me saying it that way, but uh, one of the Korean customs of many that I think are weird is that the moment you exit your mother, you're one years old. Mm -hmm. What? Who? Who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. I, I don't know, Dave. Fucking and then you stupid. turn older on January 1st? Is that? Yeah. So basically, if you were born on December 31st, the you day a, after you'd be You get two. a leg up. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's fucking dumb. Now they finally, in 2023... Someone was like, you know what? Everybody else in the world says we're being dumb. And maybe it's finally time to look at this thing. But those people are capitalistic fat cats. And we shouldn't listen to them. Here's the other hypocritical, ironic thing. Is that Koreans are also the most Confucian society. So age is one of the most important social distinctions. So like, if we're bo both born in 1978... And you're born in January. I have to call you older brother, which is fucking dumb. But how do you do that if we all have the same birthday and we're all one year? It's mm -hmm. none of it makes sense. It's idiotic. And uh, apparently they're finally coming around to that. I feel like every time I talk about this, I don't do well with Korean peers, but mm. uh, fuck it because it's dumb. You can really tell that we're trying to avoid talking about this movie this week. Okay, so... <laughs> I just wanted to double back on one thing. You know, yeah. sometimes you occasionally do like a feedback news story segment here on the show at this point. Okay. And I did receive a direct message on my Ooh. personal Instagram about oh. our blind spotting episode. Ah, okay. And we're both racists. No, that's not, that's not what's Sweet. To... <laughs> I've been waiting to be no. called a racist again. Yeah. This is a friend, Tom, who I have uh, basically shortened what his actual long uh written thing out was and it was okay. basically this idea i think we kept using the word palatable, palatable? in response to watching the movie blind spotting and uh his point of contention was actually with you this is why i'm reading this out so yeah, of course <laughs> you gotta censor any negativity around things that that's you right. say yeah that's right okay. i always I don't say remember the using correct the word response i don't really think about what would it what i say which is obvious all right go no, he just is like, I, my small point of contention is the way that Dave tried to frame the movie Blind Spotting as if it was 12 Years a Slave or something so hard hitting that it made it be repulsive to watch the movie. And I think it's far more watchable than that. Still hard, still poses tough questions. Uh, and it's not an easy breezy movie, but I think there's a distinction between something that is meant to horrify you and something that's meant to be instructive, teach, and maybe ask hard questions. That's just what he wrote. So I'm bringing okay. it up. For your response. Uh, well, I mean, I guess the first point is that I have absolutely no idea how I phrase things. I just yeah. talk. Uh, <laughs> so I don't remember like the tone and I never listened to it back because as much mm -hmm. of work as Kyle puts into this, I've never listened to an episode right. of Kyle <laughs> That's right. Mostly because uh, yeah, I don't listen to podcasts. But, you know, so if I take... If I take Tom at his word, uh, which is, I think it's probably fair, mostly because my wife walked out of watching this mm -hmm. film. So I bet that definitely tempered the language I was using. Film, yeah, absolutely. This is not a film that was designed like a horror movie or the Meg to uh, <laughs> make you feel bad about yourself. Uh, it's just real. Uh, but I'll, I guess maybe what I meant to kind of imply is that most people don't want to look at it. And if you're like, Kyle, you and I just watched a documentary about police brutality. Yeah, which I thought was far more hard to watch than Blind Spot. Brutal, person. right? Yeah. But it's still a well-constructed film. Sure. So it's like, uh, you know, so they're, they're different. So I don't know. I guess if that's the way I read on my recording, I certainly didn't want to make it seem like there was insidious attempt 
for shock value. Mm-hmm. I think more just that the content is something that a lot of people don't want to look at. It's like you and I probably wouldn't invite a lot of people to see Blind Spot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm we not should. Gonna, we ha- ought to. Yeah. Yeah. That's the hard part. It's like, <laughs> I would want to show this, but like, I do need to pick my shots as far as yeah. like, hey, come on over, everyone. We're going to watch blind spotting <laughs> together. Like, We're going to watch security footage of a guy fucking killing a dude. I mean, at a very different level. This is always my thing about, uh, you know, great films, but that I only ever want to watch once. Blind spotting happens to be one that I've now watched multiple times and would yeah. watch again just because, again, I love those characters. But uh, very different film, Schindler's List, which I think is one of the best films pieces of art that's ever been made but am i ever going to sit down and be like this is what i'm gonna watch tonight (laughs) absolutely not you know my date canceled and i just you know what i really want i want to watch three hours of liam neeson in black and white depressing (laughs) stuff you'll ever watch in your entire (laughs) life everyone should watch it but i'm just never going to be in the mood to be like yes tonight is schindler's list i want to see a red coat in uh, all right let's move on huge pivot we're talking about the Meg. Oh, just quickly, Tom, I apologize. Yeah, I'll take your criticism as correct. And mm-hmm. uh, good. There we go. Very I magnanimous just, you know, about you. I don't, I don't want to be an asshole. This is, he was wrong. He's probably right. Let's get to our histories with some of the people involved within this film. First and foremost, this stars Jason Statham. So yes. what are your feelings on Jason Statham? You know, uh, I, so I think the world was introduced to him in Snatch, but I liked mm. him in Lockstock. I don't know. Which one I watched first, but... I definitely saw Lockstock first. Yeah, I love this idea of, you know, the fast-talking, cockney, tough guy, whatever. But he transformed himself... Talk about the guy who always does play the same role in every single movie he's in. Well, well, that's why Lockstock and Snatch are so much better. Because it's more about his mouth than his muscles, you know? It's Mm. more just his wit, even if it's scripted. And just his kind of like... He wasn't a tough guy because he was going to take his shirt off. He never took his shirt off in either of those films. It was more like he was uh, street tough. Because he just knew things. So that's where some of his charm, I think, should lend itself. But after Snatch, he saw a huge opportunity to be the muscly, kick-ass guy. Mm. And when he got Transporter, Helen and I really liked that movie. Uh, not least because Suchi's in it. She's a big Taiwanese, uh, you know, hot, hot actress. It was surprising sure. for her to be in a big budget uh, American film because she had never broached that. So it's a pretty big debut for her. And then, I don't know, I tried to... Go on the ride. I've watched so many Statham movies, but I got to tell you, after watching this one, I think the romance is over because he's mm. fucking terrible in this. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's going to be our point of contention. Whereas I think the movie's bad, but I don't think he's bad. <laughs> he's got a cartoon face the whole time. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's the point, but uh, it's hard to watch. Dave, it's about a megalodon. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, it is supposed to be stupid. I think uh, yeah. it's. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it should still be watchable. We'll talk yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, I know. There's, every aspect of this is a fail. If there's anybody who would know about failure, it's you. I am probably like you. Saw him in those early um, Guy Ritchie films. The movie, honestly, that I always pitch people that I think uh-huh. is so underwatched, and I have not watched this in many, many years, so maybe I should do that before I pitch it, but is The Mechanic? Yeah. Have you ever seen okay. Which is like a 70s throwback, which I was a really big fan of when, when that is came that out. Is that a remake of a Charles Bronson film or something like that? Probably, because so. it really feels like a 1970s yeah. film. I always liked him showing up as like little bit parts. I'll tell you Wait this. A second. Wait a second. You're the one mm-hmm. for the last, how many years have we been friends, Kyle, that told me you would never watch a Jason Statham film until I told you to watch Spy. And then you said you're starting no. to turn around. Yes. No, that's yes. not me. You're thinking of someone else. Who else do I watch movies with? <laughs> Another white guy, because you're you never can tell us right, apart. Keep going, keep going. All he right. is great in Spy, though. If you, he's a great spy, great comedic yeah. performance. That's what he should be doing. That's why he's so good in Lockstock and Snatch. Man, he's so funny. He, he has the I capability. But anyway. Thought he was actually really effective as the villain in Fast Six or is yeah. it Fast Five. You know, yeah, it's Fast Six. He's uh, yeah. Six. Yeah. But here yeah. is where my Deckard Shaw kind of like eyebrow just like the rock starts to uh-huh. get raised up a little bit uh-huh. is that uh and this is kind of a, a criticism about the the fast franchise as a whole where it goes from like you killed some of the most important people in my life but you know what 
come on over for this barbecue that's that we're five. having. Yeah. It's all, now it's we're all forgiven. And I'm like, no, <laughs> he killed Han. I am not forgetting this. Uh, but did he? <laughs> he didn't. But still, we all thought that he did. And I was like, no, <laughs> I oh, totally reject gosh. this premise yeah. that you're inviting him over. Well, you know, that's the pandering, right? He, mm-hmm. he uh, screen tests too popular and they're like, you know what? He needs his own, he needs his own movie. Mm-hmm. I actually am one of the few defenders of Hobbs and Shaw. Because yeah, as dumb as that movie is, I had fun watching that. That's another CV note that I can't understand why Idris Elba, who I love, cannot get a foothold in Hollywood. You can't. It's, it's weird. It's one of those, this is something that happens occasionally, right? Where it's, if I was smart enough, I'd have like two more examples of that yeah. person that's like really talented, is great at what they do, but yeah. just consistently picks the wrong projects to yeah. be in so that he can't gain a foothold. I mean, he was good in Suicide Squad, but yeah, yeah that's but like, like one, he, honestly, one in a barrel. Yeah. Idris Elba should be like the biggest star in the world. Yeah. He just is not. Well, he, you know, the other thing is he might be like all charisma because he's so good looking and tough. But after he did Luther, it's like every character is mm-hmm. angry, disenfranchised, you know, British black man. And maybe that's the problem because we've seen him in other stuff and he's capable of acting. But maybe he's mm-hmm. also typecast too much and he just rolls with it. But like I, I'm trying to watch Hijack on Apple TV mm, and right. he's just angry Idris Elba on a plane. <laughs> And you're like, I don't know. It's fine. Yeah. Sounds like three things I'm interested in. So <laughs> There's no snakes, Kyle. There's no snakes. No snakes. Really Not yet. That's season yet. three. Then the only other thing I was just going to ask, because we ask this all the time, what's your history with this movie? I know you haven't seen it, but do you remember it being advertised? Anything well, he, like that? Here's the most disappointing thing I realized last night is uh, I've never, personally, I've never heard of blind spotting. But if someone said the Meg, I knew it was about a shark. And I just mm-hmm. feel like that's such a failure of popular culture that I think the vast majority of people, even that have not seen this, would know that this involved the shark, but will never have heard or will watch a movie like Blind Spotting. Well, so. just so you know, Dave, what the good thing is, is that this only grossed a hundred times what Blind Spotting <laughs> did. So <laughs> I'm, I, this is why I might not be on the recording, but this for me is on par with the Venom. So mm-hmm. let's talk about it. So I'll, I'll just lay out all my cards on the table here. Remember this being advertised? I was like, nope, this does not look like a movie for me. <laughs> I have no interest in going and paying actual money to see this movie. A film podcast that I listened to, this was one of their reviews because they review mm-hmm. new movies each week. Mm-hmm. And I remember there's three of them. There's three hosts. And I remember being basically evenly split one person like absolutely hating it one person kind of liking it and the third person being like very much in the middle like like some of it but really hated other parts of it okay. so that was not enough for me to be like yes i'm gonna go again and spend 15 dollars on a ticket to see the meg and i've basically forgotten about it uh, until the machine has told us that we're gonna go and watch this movie there is a sequel coming out in a few weeks why so not? why yeah, not why not uh i do remember also because i follow this sort of thing this was a pretty big surprise box office success. This was dumped into the mid-August, which mm-hmm. is usually when studios throw things that they're not all that keen on. They're like, I ah, just released it in August and no one cares. It would go on to be, uh, if you just look at the summer, not the whole year, but just the summer, the 10th highest grossing movie of the summer. <laughs> okay. Again, they did not think this was going to be anywhere close yeah. to that. So it was like, it's just this big surprise. I'm surprised. Yeah, I was surprised. I think everyone was, was like, oh, this was not supposed to do this Again, well. Indictment of popular American culture. <laughs> True. The one good thing about this movie, Dave, the one good thing, I thought this was the uh the actual poster that the studio released mm-hmm. i have learned as of this morning it's not it's just that someone made it on the internet but it's actually one of my favorite posters for a movie just because i think it is kind of smart the little swimmer and the giant shark mouth well no it's a little bit different which is it, it actually parodies the the jaws mm. poster okay. which is it's the same swimmer with the same jaws shark coming up but it's further back so you see the big megalodon coming up to swallow that oh, okay. shark and the swimmer okay. at the same I was time remembering it the wrong yeah. wrong orientation okay yeah. anyways i was like oh that's a Speaking that's a clever of, poster talk about jaws too yeah oh my gosh there's like 17 jaws references in this movie dave yeah, i mean it's because all over this movie sucks yeah yeah i know <laughs> every time they do a jaws <laughs> reference like just don't don't just try let and make it go it, just oh. don't, don't try and compare yourself to one of the best movies of all time maybe <laughs> maybe it's in your best interest not to put that into people's minds 
By the end, too, I've spent a few weeks with a marine biologist who's literally making a documentary. She's making a documentary yeah. about shark conservation. And I just thought right. watching- and So, what's her thoughts on the Megalodon? There's no way she'd watch this. But I was just thinking how many more years this has set back shark relationships. <laughs> oh. <laughs> because it's just like, you know what? People aren't scared of sharks anymore. So, let's remake Jaws except dumber and dumber. And, uh, and it made money. Dave, it is time that we get into talking about this film called- the Meg. The thing's out there. You need to find it and kill it. Why don't you just put a tracker on it? Did you guys ever watch Shark Week? He looks heroic, but he's kind of got a negative attitude. You on this, you ugly. Try to think of a scenario here, Dave. Let's say that you and I have decided to go to the beach, right? And you have your huge floppy hat you always have to wear <laughs> at the Korean. beach time. Yeah, that is a Korean thing. Yeah. Uh, and I've got my zinked up nose, right? Mm, that is a white thing. Yeah. Yeah. My you got to watch cool the melatonin. Yeah. Melanin, water sorry. wings are on my, are on my rippling <laughs> biceps. And uh, so <laughs> we're, we're at the beach. And, I can actually uh, picture this, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then this guy just runs up to us and is like, oh my God, oh my God, I think. I saw a shark. But before we do anything to alert people on the beach here, I do have The Meg on DVD. What's this movie about? Now you're describing an actual scene from this movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, basically. <laughs> Dave, what, what is, is this, this movie, movie about? Um, it's not really about anything because it's fucking dumb. The intended premise is that another, yet again, the trope of dumb scientists go where they ought not to by digging into the Maria Marianas. Marianas Trench. And underneath this virtual layer, they find that a dinosaur shark still exists and it's hungry for human blood. <laughs> yeah, basically. By the way, yes. that, uh, that thermal layer mm -hmm. that they talk about, I'm just, I'm too dumb to actually know this for sure. Is that the thing? Is that I don't actual? We'll have to ask okay. James Cameron. That's where he's been he living know, for the last yeah, 12 years. So What, megalodons? Yeah, I've seen five of them. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> uh, they're in Avatar. Dave, what were your thoughts on the Meg? Oh, it's awful. I, I there were parts. I'll be, you know, for me to be transparent, I started scrubbing a little bit because uh, it didn't make an impact. There were protracted dialogue pieces between the fucking horribly cast romantic lead. I'm air quoting and Jason mm -hmm. Statham, where they spent three minutes talking in a room. Yeah. And I started scrubbing it, and at the end, it didn't even play into the plot. It had nothing to do with the movie. And even at the beginning, you know, I realized when it opens up, there's a Chinese production company involved. And I'm, I, I didn't look this up, but I'm 99% certain that they gave money and had demands of rebuilding uh, the script to involve more of this Chinese actress who used to be a supermodel. Uh, because none of her scenes make sense, work in the plot, or ought to be in this film at all. She's awful. I just couldn't, I couldn't handle it, pal. From the minute it started, I even, the opening, I, I think I read in your free review, you liked the opening sub uh, scene. I thought yeah. that was shot really poorly, especially as people that we just watched, let's say Das Boot. We, mm, here we have yeah, shaky well, yeah. cam with like a camcorder and a bunch of dudes groaning. They show a guy with a slash in his thigh for no reason, just because they needed the extra gore. And then we get our first incomprehensible character. Jason Statham makes the decision to save the rescue sub, and this fucking doctor loses his goddamn mind and spends the rest of the film until he dies trying to destroy Jason Statham's character and standing in society. Like, what the fuck? Who writes this shit? I don't like this movie, but I, I will. Okay, so to, to defend <laughs> what you just referenced here, yeah. I will defend the first... I don't know. I, I didn't clock it. I want to say it's the first sequence. 15 to 20 minutes of right. this movie where I thought, okay, maybe, maybe this is setting up to be something that's cheesy and fun that I can kind of lock into. I thought that the opening you know, set piece of like them introducing the Jason Statham character and not actually seeing the shark and the blowing up of that sub. Okay, cool. Sets him up as being this like loose cannon, but willing to sacrifice people. 
if it needs to be to save the majority of which, people. Okay, which okay. doesn't play into the rest of the Does film Does not play all. into the movie. I know, no. but I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, cool. Sets him up as a character. He's now disgraced, whatever. Now we get this underground base. I'm like, all right, kind of cool visuals Why is a little there a child bit. on there? Why is there a child in this film? I don't think that's a very good actress either, Dave. I hate she's saying that about kid actors, but like, she's, she's not good. Also, you know what's interesting? They cast a half-Asian girl, which is super weird and unusual as well. It implies that maybe they were going to leverage Jason Statham to be a secret dad. Because, you know, when they mention Jason Statham's character's name at the first time, mm-hmm. that Asian lady has this look of, like, anger and disappointment and resentment, mm-hmm. which also never plays into the never film. Plays. It's super weird, man. Basically, I, I'm on board with this movie. Like, I, I kind of agree with you. It's, like, it's not like it's amazingly shot or plotted. And like I said, some of the acting, I'm like, okay, like, this isn't super for doing it for me but basically up until he gets to the like his rescue sub he goes and he connects and then the guy from heroes is on there and sacrifices himself i'm like <laughs> you can't do that like this means nothing like i don't know so we have the thing any about empathy it, we, for any of the characters yeah keep going we, we mentioned this we mentioned jaws yeah. this movie really wants you to remember that this is kind of like jaws because mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not even joking there is a, a bare minimum seven references that i could give you that like this is referencing that scene in jaws but here's the thing about jaws is that we actually care about those three characters out on yeah. the boat we're given enough background information we see them interacting with each other so that when they go on their adventure to go and get that shark and things go to shit we're like oh my god this is crazy i can't believe this character that i care about is dying you do not get to have a character like I'm writing a note to my wife and then dying and being like, oh, there's supposed to be some emotional value to this. <laughs> like, there's nothing there. You've given me nothing to well, understand about this person. You brought up the key point. In mm. Steven Spielberg's film, there are three characters. Yes. Well, not a fucking pantheon of idiots who all make incomprehensible decisions throughout the film. There isn't a single, single redeemable character. And they even go so far as to have a black actor make jokes about black tropes. Like, it's yeah. just, it's fucking... Tone deaf, man. I'm only bringing this up because the movie keeps bringing it up. In Jaws, when there are shark attacks, there are like legitimate reasons why people are there or there, it's the folly of man going out and trying to, to get to the shark. In this one, it's like, okay, um, what we're going to do in this scene is we're going to have someone accidentally fall into the water. And the people are like, <laughs> okay, fine. Okay, in this next scene, we're going to have someone uh, accidentally fall into the water. Great. Okay, sure. the next thing we have both of those characters accidentally fall into the water again. And after a while, I'm just like, what, what is happening? Like, what, why are we doing this? It happens every five minutes. You know why? Because the editor realized the movie's so bad, they needed a hook to make sure people mm-hmm. didn't leave the theater. And so, it's pro- I bet there's a timer. I mean, I, I don't want to watch this again. But I bet there's like a five-minute alarm and the editor's like, all right. We need another death. I've got this role where somebody else, maybe they shot that as everybody's supposed to fall into the water at the same time. Who knows? That's awful. The other thing that I'm going to throw at as a criticism as well is that, again, I'm not necessarily opposed to having a character that's bad at their job. All right. We can use that to great dramatic effect. I get really annoyed by films where everyone is bad at their job because then it's just like, oh, this is just such a drag to watch. There was something that was bugging me about like their first when they're above service and they're like trying to get like the spoiler, the first Megalodon that turned out Mm -hmm. not to be the actual one. Mm -hmm. Because even me, I'm like, that seems too small. Like, this yeah. is not that one that came and, like, chomped out, like, half of the underwater base. Like, you would think someone would be like, that bite size is not the same <laughs> well, as the one that we saw it, down there. And then they don't carry that through. And Jason Statham turns to the Chinese lady and he's like, oh, something's... And then it's over. And they're like, oh, we'll just have the big one jump over the boat. It's... Yeah. Uh, so stupid. The other thing, this is such an Asian film thing. First of all, the CGI when, uh, like, okay, uh, let's skip that. We have this idea that the first exploratory sub is this marvel of technology. And they're in this, like, super special, three scientists going beyond where no human being has ever gone before. And they're so scared of broaching the fucking fog or rock fog or whatever it is and then when they lose contact everybody's like we got to get the specialist to save them because nobody can go and this chinese lady who's only there i'm guaranteed because of the production company it's like i'm gonna jump in this glass bubble that looks like a spaceship and i'm just gonna fucking go down there with no 
no uh, health risk, nothing, and mm -hmm. I'm going to save them myself. And then Jason Statham arrives, and he goes into a special scientific sub, and he gets nosebleeds because it's so difficult, and she's just sitting there in her fucking perfect makeup, you know, screaming, because the shark should eat her, and does not, because they need her to look pretty on a screen is fucking ridiculous. Completely unnecessary. It's very upsetting. And that happens in like the first 10 minutes. For me, like the Venom level. We're at the no. Venom I still say that Venom and Jurassic World are both worse movies than this movie I is. don't know. This, you know what? Jurassic World, there was also a glass bubble that didn't make any I sense. I know, I know. Yeah? Again, another thing that the, the, the polycarbonate cube the that apparently can't be tank? bitten Why through. I'm like, Ridiculous. I watch Shark Week. They can bite through this all the goddamn time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they do it all the time. But anyways, fine. You have a polycarbonate thing. Look, we're fighting a dinosaur shark everybody's scared of. Let's put you in a plastic tube with the lights on it so you can harpoon a soft part in its mouth. Who comes mm -hmm. up with this shit, <laughs> Like, who writes well, this? Here's and the thing. why did they get much, paid? Much like the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, what kind of bugs me the most is that maybe this is what you're you're getting at too. It's like I don't think this is hard, right? I'm not asking for this to be I don't know, uh, insert greatest movie of all time here. Right. I'm not asking this to be the, a Meryl Streep classic. You have a big shark that you're fighting. Like I I understand the movie that we're in, but I am kind of asking you to be treat me not as a complete moron while I'm watching this movie too. I, I think that you can have something that's a little bit goofy, a little bit dumb as far as a premise goes, but still have the characters be like, oh my gosh, that's such a smart thing that they just did. There's like, oh my gosh, like, what I thought was going to work didn't work. And now they have to try and come up with something else. Mission Impossible, which we watched a couple of weeks ago, right? Also, like kind of dumb at the base yeah, level. None of it actually makes sense. None I mean, of it makes sense. That's not what so like much it. fun to watch. It is so much fun to watch. And this uh, ends up not being that. You know, you always get upset at me about the camp bad movie line, right? Mm -hmm. If this thing actually went over and Jason Statham's cartoon acting turned into this thing where like, if he beats the shark at the end because he's in the water and he punches in the nose, remember that old uh, stereotype? Mm -hmm. Then you're like, okay, this movie's so dumb that I can understand the writers were like, we don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. But it does try to make itself legitimate at moments, you know, with pseudoscience and all this garbage that's going on and fancy special effects, which look like shit. It ruins it. It ruins it. Casting's so bad. Why is Ruby Rose famous? She's a fucking terrible man. She's like, super hot. I mean, I'm, truthfully, I think that's what it is. I don't know. It, it, wait, is Ruby Rose a they now? It doesn't matter. I know. Are, are they? I think she is, or they are. <laughs> I really do. I think they might be one of the most attractive people like, in the entire world. <laughs> they appeared in John Wick 2 as a deaf assassin. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. They she were also in sense. Orange is the New Black for a while. That's right. So I, I hated this movie. I thought the police are coming for it. Oh, no. For film crimes. They're going to be arrested for <laughs> film crimes. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, they're in international else? water, so they cannot be arrested. So The other thing about casting is uh, the so-called grandfather is some like young, Chi probably a famous Chinese actor. He actually isn't that bad. And mm. uh, he looks like he's the same age as his so-called daughter. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Can it's I tell weird, you? Man. This is... This is how I caught off guard I was when I was watching this movie because he gets introduced. And he's like, your daughter is here. And I thought they were talking about like the young, like yeah. the really young girl. I was like, oh, no, yeah. no, that's his granddaughter. Again, like, can I also reiterate, why the fuck is there a child in a research rig? Yeah, there's no let reason alone why. knows why how to operate there. a sub, let alone, right, uh, is in this film at all. She, her character is, comp she's not even ever in danger. I mean, there's one part where she's, in a in tunnel, the and the the mother's like completely ignores her existence until all of a sudden the shark's gonna attack her in a different part of the rig, and she's like, "Oh, my daughter!" It's like you haven't even looked at her for the first twenty minutes of the film. These are Why? called plot devices, Dave. Plot <laughs> devices. You can cut the woman out. You can cut the kid out. You can cut. I don't know. You can cut so much out of this, and the film would actually make sense. It would be forty minutes long, but something like this should be. You know, like, well, the one aspect I think that you're hitting in on here is that it, there just needs to be far less characters in this movie. I think yeah. you make a stronger film. Like, you could even have, like, the underwater base, I guess. All we need are, like, these four or five people that we have to focus on. And then yeah. all these other people are important to run the base, but they're not actual named characters. We don't care about them. Focus on these five. Yeah, we haven't done the rewrite class in a while, but 
you know, if the first, uh, the endangered deep sea dove is, uh, sub, if the first endangered deep sea sub is just his ex-wife, already the tension's higher because she's right. all alone. We don't need two fucking nerds in there making sex jokes. Like, yeah, which is really weird. But. Fucking awful. And then, uh, if you want to keep a love interest, at least make her like competent. Why the fuck is she jumping into a ball to save somebody herself? Mm-hmm. That That is, doesn't make sense. She's like wearing a business suit. Like it, none of it works. So if you're going to have someone, why not have, let's say Ruby Rose's character um, and combine them. And now we have someone who's technologically competent who might actually create some romantic tension with a beef dude who, I don't know, can fight a shark by hand. You know, you know what I'm just figuring out is that I feel like this was written by people who are like a love the 70s and 80s action films sure. because there's like if there's alien there's jaws and there's die hard they're, yes. that's all in here they're taking little plot points from each of those yeah. and like we can couple a movie together here except again what all of those movies have in common are characters that i care about like that's the part that they forgot to write to and a small handful of right. main characters right it's like you've got uh three uh, f- four in die hard and then you have like a cast of maybe five secondary characters that you can still empathize with but you know that they're cannon fodder alien same thing like you had a whole troop of marines but you know they're all going to die the moment they enter the film so you'll like them because they're funny and the only ones you care about are uh the guy that fights a terminator uh sigourney mm-hmm. weaver and you want uh, you want yeah. paul reiser to die it's just bad it's just bad it, here's the other thing that i was upset about is uh jason statham is burnt out living in thailand as an alcoholic boat owner yeah, okay I was going to bring this up too. This is this is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, which I know I shouldn't care about. I always hate that people are super ripped after they're supposed to be like this washed out yeah. alcoholic, haven't done anything for five years. <laughs> it's like, but you're like I've super kept myself, ripped still. I've kept myself dive ready. It's bullshit. I'm always dive ready. That and murder ready. How much better would this film have been if he had been fat Statham and he shows sure. up and he's actually kind of half incompetent? I also hated... You know, we have one moment where he's scared to go into the water as they're launching that one sub. And so you get a notion they might do the PTSD angle. And as soon as he hits the water, he's a Superman and nothing fucking affects him and he'll go fight a shark by hand. Honestly, so this, again, this is like the the, the diehard thing. I think you actually make a better film if you flip the Jason Statham and Rain Wilson characters. Yeah. Uh, meaning like it's Rain Wilson who has to save everyone. Not to be mean, but not your traditional action hero person. Yeah. But becomes an action hero person. Just like. Uh, it's the magic of Die Hard. You know? And you know, Bruce Willis is a technically a superhero in that film, but he's broken down, hurt. He still doesn't want to do it at the end. You know, yeah. he's trying Walking to get out. broken glass, you <laughs> know. <laughs> he doesn't want anything to do with it until his wife's directly in danger. You know, that's exciting. That's a, that makes a good action film. I hated this thing so much. <laughs> so much. I don't know what I'm even asking here, but I don't know why this movie of all movies made me really question this. The Rain Wilson character is like He's this so rich bad. billionaire. Uh-huh. It feels like Hollywood specifically is really investigating tech billionaires in like the last eight years which i know is like one of the big things in our culture sure what am i asking here why do you think i guess hollywood is so focused on like the evil tech billionaire like that seems to be like what every big franchise has we lost terrorists uh we're getting viruses right now so i'm sure in the next 10 years it's gonna be evil scientists again and then uh surveillance paranoia now ai it's an easy target right Mm -hmm. plus the tech billionaires are not doing themselves any favors because they're not human beings. Like they're all fucking awful. Yeah, they're all (laughs) so weird. There isn't a single one that presents as a human being. It's the strangest thing. I mean, I don't want to be called a communist here, Dave, but it seems like as soon as you go over a certain, like, multiple hundreds of millions, your brain turns to absolute no, mush. No, it's, it's crazy the inverse. Pants. It's the inverse. Only crazy people can actually cross that threshold, right? That's the problem. Mm-hmm. It's the only way to succeed in capitalism is to not have a soul. Because there is a line that you're going to have to cross at some point because it is predatory right Mm -hmm. so like you can be wealthy and still be a human being but you can't be ultra wealthy and be a human being because you have to eat too many things you have to be a business megalodon and i think that (laughs) there's a problem with that that's our spec script actually everyone business (laughs) megalodon (laughs) yeah it's a documentary called the corporation can i make this sad announcement pal when i was in vancouver i had the opportunity to meet the director of the corporation 
mm-hmm. but we skid on the outskirts of this lawn party and I never actually got to be in front of her. Oh. What a fucking miss, right? And a huge miss. So like you I, still I could have after that, but you decided not she to? She left early, but- Oh, I see. I like, I waved and I said hi. And then, you know, I got pulled into meeting other sort of important people. And by the time I kind of like tried to look for her, she was gone. And I was like, fuck, I will really want to sit down with her, A, and tell her how much her film changed my life. Yeah, and B, yeah. just find out how intelligent this person is who put this thing together because that's that's a film. Anyways. Uh, but did it make as much as The Meg did, Dave? Because that is my metric for great I'll film. T- <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't no Venom. Well, let's do some backstory here then. So this opens up on August 10th, 2018. Currently rated 2.3 on Letterboxd, 5.6 on IMDb, has a 46 on Metacritic. And on Rotten Tomatoes, from 310 critics, it has 46%. And from 5,000 plus users, it has a 42%. Numbers are too high. A lot of people, though, like actual users. Uh, It is available on DVD and Blu-ray, available to rent on both YouTube and iTunes. Its budget was $150 million to make this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, you have to to give that some space. (laughs) Uh, it's box office. It would go on to make $530 million oh, worldwide. Sake. How did this cost $150 million? So, to make? the quick answer is I don't know. My <laughs> suspicion is this, is that because it was in development for so long, uh, I feel like that must have cost? eaten into the costs. That's my guess. I mean, the shark doesn't look bad. So, maybe they spent a lot of money on texturing mm. the skin or something. You know, a shark that big would not die from getting its eye poked out. No, I know. I, <laughs> it's just whatever. Saying, I'm just putting that out there. I mean, he did drive a broken part of his um, to slit its stomach. So I guess that really is what killed it. But that is also a dumb, dumb thing that happened. Well, I hate that it is just a thing that happens, right? Like that's, I feel like something you lead up to, like you're going to trick the shark for coming and then you release the blade and it like slices his belly open. Or like show that he's capable of that before. Like he's done something similar. I got to set that shit up, right? Right. Anyways. It's like, no, he's made me too angry now, and now I'm going to slit its belly open. Like, oh, why didn't you just start with that then? I don't know. Like, it was that easy. I guess you could have just done that. Uh, David's yeah. t- it's a plot description from IMDb is, A group of scientists exploring the Marianas Trench encounter the largest marine predator that has ever existed, the Megalodon. I like mine better. Because it also does have a taste for human flesh, which doesn't make sense. It's like getting obsessed over like sprinkles instead of eating a cake it's like i just i see more sprinkles and i need that sweet human blood there's whales and other sharks and a giant octopus and doesn't eat any of those things yeah why would i be going after humans instead of going after wait yeah like blue whales literally the bigger fish all right it's time to play everyone's favorite game guess that tag This is where I get to don a handsome blazer, pick up the long microphone that Bob Barker used to use. Dave, you know you go to that movie theater. You're always haunting the halls of the Cineplex. And uh, you see a long row of posters with a little little uh, piece of text that goes on the poster that entices you to come and see that movie. For instance, you might, this very weekend, be going to see Joyride. Like, that might so. be a movie that you're going to go and see in theaters. It'd be great if we were celebrating something. Yeah. <laughs> if someone were perhaps having a 40th birthday celebration and forcing you to see the movie Joyride. If that, that could certain be a somebody thing. was the type of person that created an itinerary for his own birthday party. Well, no one excited. else is going to do it, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm stoked. I think it's going to be a good mo- movie. So, uh, yeah, I don't mind it. This I don't want to raise my expectations too much, but a friend of mine. That's oh, going to be the best movie ever. Yeah. A friend of mine has seen it already. He got a sneak peek. Oh. And he says, actually, if you watch the trailer, those are actually not the best jokes that they put into there for once. It's oh, like there's actually way it. better stuff inside the movie. So. I remember that time many, many moons ago in our youth when the trailer didn't ruin a film? Because <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, that must have been in our 20s. In our teens. teens. Dave, you're going to be so angry, but one of these is the real tagline to the movie (laughs) The Meg. Two of them I have completely made up. So was it Shark Week Bites Back? Is it What Nice Teeth You Have? Or is it Chomp On This? You know what it should have been? 
Bigger is not always better. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm going to go with one because you referenced it earlier. You said something similar. So is it Shark one? Week Bites Back? Yeah. You would be incorrect. Damn it. It is actually chomp on this is the actual <laughs> tagline to this movie. Uh, you could tell they were not expecting to make any money. They're <laughs> just, just taking the piss. Yeah. Any money. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this movie stars uh, Jason Statham as Jonas Taylor, Bing Bing Lee as Su Yin, Rain Wilson as Morris, Cliff Curtis as Mac, and Ruby Rose as Jax. Can I just tell you, Cliff Curtis. Cliff Curtis should also actor, have a bigger career. Should, well, A should have a bigger career. Uh. But anytime he shows up, he is intentionally and he's actually even talked about this he is um always racially ambiguous as what because yeah. he can play black man he can play indigenous man he can play yeah. asian Aaron. sometimes like it's like he's just cast wherever he needs to be cast yeah yeah he's great i know he's a character actor and he's never gonna be a leading man uh, and he does get a lot of work for that reason uh which is great you know so i i have nothing against him in his career i just like him so i wish he was he's in, in the way of water <sighs> yeah well, who knows? I just want him to have like a higher profile career where he's not kind of just an offhand thing. But maybe that's mm-hmm. the life of a character actor. So it's fine. I'm glad he, I see him as much as I do. I, I like him. When he, the flip side of that is that character actors often have much longer careers because they're just yeah, cast. And more volume. All the time. So I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's doing well for himself. <laughs> the Bing Bing lady. Uh, it's a, you know, Helen and I were talking about this when we were going to bed last night. Why are there no... Asian actresses that are actual actors. There's something culturally well, odd about I mean, that. It's all window dressing. Because Michelle Yao is, is a good actress. Is she a good actor? Like if you watch her first, you know, 30 years of her career, she's not there because she can act. She's there because she can kick people's ass. I see ass. what you're saying. Okay, okay. And so she's developed a character. But if you actually look more analytic, like I loved her in Everything Everywhere All at Once, of course. And I don't think that she doesn't deserve that Oscar, at least in the context of that film. But she's been, you want to talk about another actress that's the same person in every film. Sure. You know, it's uh, like, at least in Western cinema, we've now developed, you know, the Meryl Streep who learns languages, or we have the Kate Blanchett who can play joke characters, crushed, you know, depressive characters. She can mm-hmm. do comedy. She can do everything. But in Asian cinema, it's, it's hard to find people like that. There's a cultural thing about why women ought to act, and it's mostly... Because they used to be a supermodel. Like Michelle Yeoh used to be a dancer, right? Yes, I mean, right. she got cast yeah. because she was pretty. You know, I uh, I did not like Bing Bing. And I don't think she should have been in this film. You know, we'll have to see. Maybe that is slowly changing. Going back to Joyride for a second. Stephanie Sue, who started She's on Broadway. Yeah. And that's where I first know, knew her from. Is from Broadway stuff. I think he's a phenomenal actress. Like yes. Really good. So she, she <clears throat> but that's won. also North America. Well, and we'll see that because she's in North America. You're allowed sometimes, at least in the last 10 years, to have a career if you're not a supermodel. You know, I, I think Stephanie Sue's a great actress and she's cute, but she's not going to be in Playboy Center. For, she's not a Pamela no. Anderson. She actually has the chops and I'm glad she got another movie, but we'll see how long that lasts because there's too much pressure, you know, patriarchal pressure that the only people you want to see on a film is someone you want to see naked. So yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's so hard out there for so many reasons, but like Haley Steinfeld has talked about this too. She was kind of pressured into going more into revealing more of herself whether it's in magazines or instagram account or whatever it is and she's like i don't i don't want to so she became a producer to produce her own stuff so she doesn't have to do that stuff yeah i mean i hear that too a lot emma stone that's probably why elizabeth Banks started directing films like i Mm -hmm. I think that traditionally if you take some of these actresses you know even 30 20 years ago they would have had to at least have done some kind of raunchy something something i mean i guess elizabeth Banks did a few but you know it just sucks it just sucks but we are a little bit ahead of age cinema. The one anomaly, me talking shit about Koreans, is that there's a lot of good Korean actresses who do all kinds of crazy shit. That is true. I was just thinking, I just rewatched Parasite the other day, and I was like, the mother in that is so good. So I think good. she's so great. Both of them, the crazy one and, well, they're both crazy, but yes. both the mothers in it are fantastic. And they're so different, but there's something about Koreans melodramatic culture that the women don't mind being ugly too. So there's something uh, different slightly. So Mm -hmm. maybe we'll start seeing that in other Asian cinema because Korean films are making so much money. But right now, especially Chinese films have this roadblock. I think the Communist Party has big, you know, Huak style bias too, where they want people to present a certain way. She should not have been this film. 
And I'm just hating. We'll, we'll, we'll take so this bad. other, this conversation offline. Uh, this won't be on the podcast, but, uh, uh this, po- this, this <laughs> other podcast I'm listening to that goes through movie directors. So you watch their entire body of work. They're currently going through Park Chan-wook where I haven't actually not seen a whole lot of his stuff. Sure. It's probably not that easily available. And I've not even seen his most famous film. Why? What's his most? So like, this will be the first time I see old boy. Oh, oh, you've never watched old boy. N- never seen old boy. No. I know the twist, so I'm not going to be surprised with you that. You should have watched it before you're 40. I'm sorry, Dave. It might be in there, <clears throat> although it's fucking weird. It is. Yeah. Uh, it probably would be because I love The Handmaiden. I think that yeah. movie is so good. But by the way, his first two films are so bad. Sure. <laughs> so bad. I, uh, this is why I was called a racist when we had mm. uh, Real Black. What's his name mm. on here, Mike? Because uh, Korean movies mm. were bad. Now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. So anyways, they were given the history of Korean film, these two white guys were given this history of Korean film that their researcher had brought up. And that was the most amazing thing. It's like, it wasn't really until the 90s that no. you could consider like there was a, an actual market for Korean films. And Park Chan-wook was like, basically like, yeah, I didn't like, there was no uh, like contemporaries that I was watching no. growing up. I was watching like old Hitchcock movies because that's all that was being shown for me <laughs> to yeah. see on the television. Well, I mean, I don't know why you cut this part out, but... I think I'm not a Korean historian. I'm just learning this in my later life out of a desperate bitterness that I have no culture that I'm directly connected to. But a common understanding is that if you're a dictatorship into the mid 80s, you're not allowed to have creative enterprise. That's how Correct. dictatorships work, right? Totalitarian states. And so basically Korean media until the early 90s was just traumatic lamenting about how they had suffered at the hands of either the Japanese or later maybe the Americans or communism, whatever it is. And it's just a bunch of people crying for like three hours. It's awful. But once they broke that open, the growth period in the 90s, just like their redevelopment. I mean, it's Well, I why think that's too, you, you start to develop your own cultural language. The yes. one, Again, I do not have a deep history of Korean film. I've watched a bunch of them. But what always amazes me is that they're not afraid to mix genres if they want no. to. It's like, yeah. Yeah, this starts off as a drama and then it's completely different than the last half. Wacky sci-fi comedy yeah. or something. They'll, they were so experimental. And- it tended for a while to experiment too much into ultraviolence because they have sure. a sexually repressed culture, so we don't really see that much pornography in the in the mid nineties. Park Chan and repressed sexuality. It's like yeah. in every one of his movies. But. That's right. And now we're seeing a little bit different. I mean, now we're seeing women leading roles. We're seeing people with apparently tattoos are now common in Korea. That used to be almost illegal. We're seeing same sex mm-hmm. couples, which also used to be illegal. In fact. I'm not sure that they have a gay rights mandate in their law yet. Yeah. So again, I keep using him as an example, but because I've been watching a lot of his movies, his first good movie, Park Chan-wook, is this thing called Joint Security Area, which was for a while the biggest grossing Korean film of all time. And he says nowadays, like, if I was to make that now, I would actually make the central relationship a gay relationship because it all but gets to that point yeah, in that movie. Exactly. I was, like, I was not yeah. expecting this to happen in this 90s yeah. movie. Whenever you have uh, someone telling you what to think, people, like we saw this in 1971, you know, the homosexual writers make sure it's in there mm-hmm. up to the line where they're going to get blacklisted. Right. Yeah. So you, you, you watch it, you're point, like, yeah. oh yeah, everybody's gay, but you're not allowed to show that next mm-hmm. thing. I mean, Korean films are like that. So I don't know. I, I'm not a korean historian or korean film historian i'm just somebody in this weird pocket where i've been exposed peripherally to these things and i wrestle with them and right. uh, you don't yeah. need to cut the, i don't know i i just think well, it's, I mean, it's more interesting than the meg so. but uh <laughs> you know I, I get this uh insight in chinese film just because my wife's taiwanese and they, you know they had a dig against taiwan because her philandering husband is cheating with a taiwanese mm-hmm. woman right like that's this is why i'm pretty sure this chinese uh, government got involved yeah, yeah, in yeah. developing some of the if not plot then just inserting this woman into this film to try to get exposure to a chinese supermodel turned actress uh, and thankfully failed because uh, i know a lot of people watch this film and maybe she'll be in the sequel but uh, she sucks yes, yeah, so not good. there you go also do you know that park chan book was like an internationally famous movie critic Oh, cool. Prior That's what he was to doing until he started directing movies. But huh. like, not just a movie critic in Korea, but like internationally renowned. Like That makes were, sense because yeah. his films are so intellectually, what do you call it? Like challenging. Like he doesn't yeah. make films to be visually pretty, even though he's very good at that. This is, this is why, honestly, why I think his first two movies are really bad. Because it's like, I'm going to be like super like intellectual and forget about it's characters. Yeah. It's just too much. And he's like, fine, I'll make it something palatable for the masses. And then he becomes... 
popular. <laughs> yeah. You got to do that, right? Like, you know, his cinematographical or whatever, uh, cinema, cinemagraphical style develops and he makes such beautiful films, but they're all like poking at you. And they're like, mm -hmm. hey, you're an idiot. <laughs> you <laughs> fucked this all up. I should do a lot more poking to the two of you. All right, well, the cinematography for The Meg is done by this guy named Tom Stern, who you will hear is basically Clint Eastwood's cinematographer <laughs> because mm. his top four on IMDb are uh, Changeling from 2008, Flags of Our Fathers from 2006, Letters from Iwo Jima from 2006, Mystic River from 2003. Wow. So that's all Clint Eastwood films right there. Written by Dean Georgeris and John Hober and Eric Hober, based on the novel Meg by Steve Alton. This is directed, based on a book? This is based... Wait till I blow your mind, Dave. Okay. Directed by John Turtletobe. Meg, a novel of deep terror, gets published in 1997. I don't really have much information about the author, Steve Alton, other than he has a bunch of degrees. He has a master's in sports medicine and a doctorate in sports administration. So he was going to school for a long, long time. It's like a, a kinesiologist. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. from what I can tell, did nothing with those degrees. Well, he wrote the Meg. Yes. Yeah. He wrote the Meg. A it would novel. explain why there's no marine science in any part of this film. <laughs> but he knows how to flex those muscles. <laughs> That's what this movie's about. How to, <laughs> how to tread water while holding a harpoon. <laughs> That's right. So Meg, a novel of deep terror, sold well enough to spawn a series, Dave. So that by the time this movie comes out, there were seven books. What? In this series. And an eighth was published in 2022. Why? So like, there's still books being made in this series. No. For something that, listen, I worked at a bookstore for a long time. I've never heard of these books in my entire life, but apparently Whoa. they're really popular. I, I'm telling you something. We're dying as a species. Why? 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 Why does this exist? I mean, you can write a one-off and it could become popular. Fine. Eight books. Mm -hmm. There's a disease. There's something insidious. There's something problematic, yeah. right? In culture. Oh, I, I didn't Maybe I should them. read um, it. Maybe it's really good. Maybe it's a very riveting read. Maybe he's like maybe today's like Michael Crichton. Maybe it's literally the inverse of Jaws, where Jaws the book is actually not all that good, but the movie's great. Maybe this movie is not very great, but the book is like amazing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't hate on it. I haven't read it. A movie adaptation took a long time to happen. Back in 1997, New Line Cinema bought the rights and were trying to fast track a film. It got so far as like Guillermo del Toro oh, wow. being suggested as like possible director, getting things, you know, up and running. Him or Sam Raimi would have made a better film. Oh, thousand percent. But because it is Guillermo del Toro, the movie doesn't happen. Uh -huh. The amount of movies that he's attached to that never happen is like astronomical. But he's too weird. Eventually, the project stagnates and it doesn't get made. Alton eventually does get the rights back and starts shopping it around again. Then it's 2011. Alton announces that the film is in development and he's going to hold the publication back on his new Meg novel to coincide with the release of the movie. But that gets stuck in development hell again. Then finally in 2015, Eli Roth is officially announced to direct the movie. Wouldn't have been $150 million. Yeah. He would have made it on 10, maybe. Okay, exactly. Yeah. Uh, called yeah. Hostile Meg. Um, <laughs> but soon he leaves because of creative differences. Probably because he wanted to make a, a good movie. Yeah. Uh, then finally it's 2016 and John Turtletobe comes off the two National Treasure films. Oh, wow. Uh, that says it all there. And now it the director. Well, he made something else. Why were there two, too. Kyle? Why were there two of them? Sometimes you have more than one National Treasure, Dave. <laughs> Sorry, uh, I have to look this up because he also directs something else that is fairly well known. Oh, right. He, he's the director of Cool Runnings. Oh, so that's interesting. That, and that's a far Canadian reach content. Yeah. yeah. Can I can I put this out there? We we watch Eddie the Eagle, and then mm -hmm. we decide to watch Cool Runnings. And while that film holds a special place in all Canadians' hearts, it is not a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I've not seen it, Dave, in over twenty five years, so it I have no idea. It does not hold up well. But it's funny because they're Jamaican. <laughs> crickets <laughs> so Tootletobe comes on board Statham signs on pretty quickly after that that just fast tracks this to become an actual movie the rest of the stars are get cast right after that then it's March of 2018 it's supposed to be released that is when its original release date was was March of 2018 gets delayed until August 
I don't know this to be true. This is me kind of just making it up. One, think they were like, uh, we have to like throw this into something that's a, <laughs> that's lot, a less, slot. Uh, okay. lot less movies <laughs> that get released. Let's put it into mid-August so we, we can maybe yeah. make a Can't bit of our MCU. investment back. Right. Maybe they had to finish some of the special effects. I don't know. But I think it's more that they didn't think they were going to make any money in March. And then they pitched it over to August. It would have correctly bombed. Surprisingly, this movie makes a bunch of money. <laughs> and now a sequel's coming out in a couple of weeks. So that's basically... Oh, it's happening this making... year. Awful. Yeah. It's weird, Dave. Like, we didn't even plan it this way. But there's like eight movies we're talking about that their direct sequels are coming out this year. It's very weird. It's our fault for choosing such a recent thing. It has been fun to watch movies that we've seen before. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But uh, yeah, it's killing the mood to find out so many of the bad ones are getting sequels and mm. so many of the good ones have disappeared because nobody gives a fuck. I hope this movie gets seven sequels. Anything else you want to say about the Meg? Not particularly. I would recommend people don't give these people any more of your money. It is questioned, much like Venom, my faith in Tom Hardy and Jason Statham. It's that bad. Uh, I'm all just upset in principle that uh, more people will be violent to sharks. You know, it's really uh, another hypocritical thing. They have a movie where they're villainizing sharks as a species, even though it's a dinosaur shark. And they try to do an environmental thing. Why are, they, mm -hmm. why are these sharks have their fins cut off? Oh, because people drink the soup. You know, it's like, that's not, that's not worth putting into this film. <laughs> You've made a film about sharks that eat people. Like, you need to let that go. Here's the thing. I totally agree with you. It's like, I actually don't mind there being an environmental message being put into your movie. But you can't be like, oh my gosh, you can't believe these people. They just cut off the fins and eat it in their soup. And then as soon as the Megalodon is like, we have to kill it. We have to we kill it now. Like, <laughs> Cut off its fins. What, Cut off its fins. What are you about? Stupid. Listen, there's good sharks and there's bad sharks, Dave. And <laughs> sharks aren't even that bad. They're actually pretty. Oh, sharks can't swim backwards. They can't hover, you know, mm. to make a, a moment to bite a glass ball. All of it's fucking not written by people. Time of glass balls, Dave. The only last thing I have written down here, the little girl, when she's Awful. going around, is using yeah. a Sphero. As uh, an actual yeah, like, thing you can buy thing. for your iPad or iPhone. And I have a bit of nostalgia for just that because I used to teach a class when I worked at Apple for kids in uh, coding, learning how to code, where I'd actually uh, make with like a little gaffer tape these like little mazes uh, out track? on the floor. Uh, uh, and then they'd have cute. to figure out how to code to get that Sphero through it without touching any of the lines. So it's like, oh, it's a Sphero. Did any of them get attacked by a dinosaur shark? <laughs> get attacked by a dinosaur, yeah. <laughs> Those were fine glasses because... Uh, yeah, that's cute. But uh, this movie's not good. We're done here. Okay, so the machine has said that we do need to wrap things up here. Dave, let's get into Critics' Choice. So this is the part of the show where we discover what the critics thought at the time this film was released. These are basically just like compressions of full reviews into like a couple of lines. Oh, I like mine. The positive review <laughs> I'm reading is Oliver Jones from The Observer who says... This asks a little more of you than to strap in, put away your phone, and enjoy watching a freakishly huge prehistoric eating machine terrorize some scientists before it turns its appetite to a beach full of frolickers on floaties. By the way, I'm just thinking about this now. There is multiple references of like little balls yeah. being shown. I don't know what that's about, but can I? Uh, the other really annoying Asian movie trope is the annoying fat kid. Like, why, why add things like that into your film? Well, that's another Jaws reference, Dave. Oh, the guy gosh. who wants to yeah. go into the water and his mother finally says, fine, you can go into the water. So I think she's even dressed the same. I'm pretty sure that she's dressed exactly the same as ah, the ah. Jaws sequence. I get Matthew Norman from the love... Uh, I said lovely because I like this. Uh, Matthew Norman from the London Evening Standard. The one genuine shock is that it takes Statham as long as 44 minutes to remove his shirt and flash his pecs. Yes. And why Why did that happen? Why do we have a shower scene? Amazing. There's no reason, Dave. And it's no not, reason. it doesn't play. He's, because it's an Asian female lead, they don't have sex. Probably it's in there because A, it's in his contract and B, because you're not allowed to show her naked by culture. Honestly, so, uh, if they had any balls, they would have him fuck that shark. That's what they would have done. To death. <laughs> um okay so uh, wow. uh that is we do need to rate this film but before we do that is what dave and i thought what do you think you can send any feedback to kyle and dave via the machine at gmail.com 
You can also find us on Twitter or Instagram with the handle KDVSTM. If you want to see the entire list of films we've watched and the ratings we've given, you can go to our Letterboxd page, letterboxd.com slash KDVSTM. Dave, what are you going to rate this film out of five? Uh, well, it's not culturally relevant. It doesn't oh, hold up. Shit. It's That's okay. Right. We usually ask, is does this hold up and is it culturally relevant? But uh, it's no Obviously, one no for no. me. So yeah. I'm going to give it a one. I, uh, I fucking hated this thing. Yeah, I don't know if it's I, clear by this review. <laughs> I had to look at it in comparison to some of the other things that we, we talked about. And I just, uh -huh, uh -huh. I like yes. it more than Venom and Jurassic Park uh -huh, and Vice. Uh -huh. So it, to me, it's on the same level as Bohemian Rhapsody as far as just wow. being stupid and dumb and, and a movie I don't like. So I'm, giving I'm ready it for you to two. kill it. Uh -huh. I'm giving it a two. All right. All right. That's fine. Dave, are we then that only ties with Vice. So are we putting this above or below Vice? I think it's below. I mean, uh, Vice well, is I'll, terrible I'll go too. With you, but yeah. But I, I think, think it's above, is, uh, but uh, <laughs> I think it's, they're both, they're both Vice bad. is way too long too, but that, that's uh, fair. This movie's too long, Kyle. I mean, it is too. It does not need to be two hours. <laughs> so that is going to be entering our list at the number 22 position, right below Vice, right above Jurassic Park Fallen Kingdom. And to follow up with last week, because my computer wasn't working, Blind Spotting went into our list at the number two position. Nice. So right underneath Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, right above If Beale Street Could Talk. So we basically watched one of the best movies and one of the worst yeah. movies. Kind You're of back like to ruining back. my emotional sanity. And we've only talked about it for 20 minutes longer than Blind Spotting. So that's good <laughs> Okay, on to be us. fair, if Tom's still listening... We had so much computer difficulty. Yeah. That People the end, wouldn't we know just... that because I expertly edited around it. But yeah, we had a lot of You weird should just put computer. that in there that we fucked up everything and we couldn't talk about a better film because in the end we were just disembodied voices and we yeah. were exhausted. It's like 20 minutes of trying to reconnect on Zoom. It was. It was dumb. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, let's find out what we're watching here next week, Dave. I'm going to push this. Oh, another film with perfect teeth. We're going to watch Mary Poppins Returns. You know, I tried to watch this and I, I know you hate this movie and I'm, I don't like it, but I don't uh, think it's awful. At well, the, look, at the I haven't time. been through the whole thing, so I will buckle up. I think Emily Blunt actually does a pretty great job. But it, I love uh, Emily Blunt. The thing and is, I'm sure is she's good in it. But. I love the original Mary Poppins and yeah. unfortunately she's like, well, you're not, you're not Julie Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I won't, I won't hold that against, I just remember... I mean, I tried to watch this with my son, and anytime he's not interested, we turn it off. But yeah, I also sure. felt like, I don't remember how it opens, but I've just felt like it, it ends was... in the most depressing of ways. Oh, no. It's a really weird way to open up a kid's film where it's like, we're going to show you the effects of a wife dying for oh, this yeah. man, and he's just sad and like that's depressed. Actually, like, that's probably why we turned it off. It's like, <laughs> my yikes, son is very. Uh, yikes. Yeah. He's got a high <laughs> EQ, and he cannot handle watching anybody suffer, at least. Uh, that was uh, two years ago during COVID. Uh, so yeah, let's buckle up. I'm going to buckle up for that. Uh, you know me, I'm a sucker for Disney remakes. <laughs> yes, they're so good. All right. I, I, don't, I don't know. What do you want to say to wrap this up? <laughs> uh, sh sharks are friends, not food. I'm always dive ready, that and murder ready.